when it comes to emotional baggage. I prefer a carry-on. You may think I'm high maintenance, but I'm just high. <laughs> See, that's a good one. That's a good one. Thanks. AG return guest. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 508-ish, and I'm so excited for this person who's been on Andy's Girls now and again, theater critic. We'll get to that in just a second. Writer, producer, and host of the podcast Pot Psychology, as well as creator of PipeDreams.fun. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Brooklyn's finest, Tracy Morrissey. Tracy, how are we? Thank you. Um, I am tired. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so tell me and the AGs where you were. We had different theatrical experiences last night is what I'm going (laughs) to say, both at the theater. Tell me what you went to last night. Paint the picture. You haven't told me anything, so I'm really excited to hear. I went to see Chicago uh, with Ariana Maddox as Roxy Hart. Um, a listener of uh, my podcast offered to take me and I was like, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. So we went and um, it was interesting. You know, I've never seen the movie. I saw the play or the musical like in the 90s during its original revival. And Jasmine Guy was playing the Velma character. Um but uh, I, I, you know, there's been a lot of stunt casting over the years for Chicago. It's like big on that because I think, you know, it's not vocally very challenging. Um, but I, I will say I was very impressed with Ariana's singing. I didn't know what to expect. I, you know, I really did not have any idea that she could carry any kind of tune. You know, I knew that she could dance because she's been on Dancing with the Stars, although I didn't really watch that. But, you know, I've seen clips. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, and the dancing in Chicago is so cool because it's like all fossy. Um, but uh, the acting, that was not as good, <laughs> which was surprising to me. That, I thought that's what she would nail. And Roxy's so easy because it's like such an over-the-top kind of character, you know? And um, I just, it just wasn't, uh, she just wasn't like really chewing the scenery. You know what I mean? Like she, it was very... It was good enough. What I would say is that it was a very, very good high school student performance of Roxy. You know, like it was like, you know, like a singing kind of theater kid that, you know, did okay with the acting. We wouldn't say college. We would say high school. High school. Yeah. Because the enthusiasm was there. But it wasn't very I wouldn't say the acting was very good um because that that role is so hammy like you could really get like campy with it you could really like go I actually the whole time I was watching it I was wondering what Erica Jane was like in the role so I spoke to someone I'm forgetting who it was who saw Erica in it maybe Rena, but I forget and uh definitely Ariana and said Ariana was the best oh my god really yeah 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 and I don't as far as singing maybe as far as overall performance and I don't wow. know when it comes to like hamminess how much of that necessarily like needs to apply to Roxy I know that might sound odd but like there's a I think that there's a way to do it that's naturalistic i would say it wasn't sexy huh 
I'm surprised on the acting. I've because I didn't know. I had no idea that she sang. So like the fact that she was I was like, oh, phenomenal. But like, great to hear. But I'm surprised by the acting. Yeah, me too. I was surprised too. Um, Maybe it'll get better. How many weeks? She's only been on for a few weeks. She just extended. So I saw there. It's been record ticket sales. Yeah, I would love to see her in it. Like, I think I will love her in it. Like, I, but also the thing with Chicago, as you said, is the reason it has been able to survive for literal decades is because of the stunt casting. So, like, Lisa yeah. Rinna starring on Broadway, you would think these two things don't necessarily work unless maybe right. they found a part for her and, you know, noises off. But I don't. You know, so it's like they have a lot of pop stars, like people. Wendy Williams was in it. Wendy Williams was in it. Other Bravo celebrities, Nene and Candy, but Nene, Candy, and Wendy all played the mama role. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious to see. I actually am optimistic to see it, but I love that you went. I love your review, and um. I would love to see her in it. Honestly, they've done like insane record breaking ticket sales. Yes. Honestly, good for her, especially because there's a lot being said, I guess, in the Bravo sphere about her so far this season. So I'm glad. Oh, why? What are they saying? Just like, you know, there was this stuff that came out prior to the premiere of like whatever on social of her agreeing with people who are essentially like, I think the, the tide is going to turn against Ariana, not necessarily because of her behavior on the show, but maybe or and maybe, but also people's perception of it and some level of like, over it that people have with the scan of all which they are they believe i guess ariana is responsible for carrying um i mean it benefits tom for people to move on like tom has a vested interest in people moving on so i guess by that metric people now blame the person he cheated on for not like quote unquote letting it go after a decade-long partnership uh over the course of a couple months because it seems because we've all been dealing with it for almost a year now. And but, you know, they were recording this like what the this season, like six months ago, seven months ago. So it was so fresh for them still. But it's still for us because it's been nonstop in the press. And, um, you know, Ariana has been all over the place, like, you know, with Dancing with the Stars and in Chicago and all these ads and the Lifetime movie where she played a cop. And it's you know, pe- so so I can understand why people have that sort of fatigue about it, but like they also need to understand that like when the show is recorded, like this had just happened. Um, but I do think that she's being a bit crazy about the house situation. Like I understand that rent is so expensive in LA, and to like have to just like, and especially because she's not, they're both out doing other shows and this and that, so they're not really at the the house that much i just personally would never be able to do that like you know cohabitate with someone that betrayed me in such a way i would want to be comfortable in my space and in my home and you know i would and lisa vanderpump offered i bet that there are so many people that would put her up in like nice spots um i mean because she's getting all this she's getting all this work 
I'm sure that people would want to help her out. I mean, that cheating scandal bought that girl so much goodwill. The audience freaking loved her at Chicago. I mean, they were like screaming crazy for her. I was like, am I in an alternate universe? Like, this is like a C, a C plus performance. Um, it's so weird, the parasocial relationship that people have had with these people <laughs> over. I mean, I I loved Scandal. I loved every minute of it. It really brought our community together. Um but I, uh, I also can see the forest for the trees. Like I, I feel like people have been so hard on Schwartz for really no reason. Um, people have been they, they've just taken it a little. People have taken it a little too far, taken it to real life and stuff, vandalizing their restaurant and things like that. It's like this. This didn't happen to you. Also, I'm so happy that this all happened because it's been great entertainment for me. Um, <laughs> and. Ariana, Ariana, it's been incredible for her career. None of this shit would have happened for her had it not been for Tom cheating on her. It was the best thing that ever happened to her. I wonder, I mean, you're a literal homeowner and you're a homeowner here in New York, which is like a difficult, I'm sure a difficult journey to be on. I think some of what she's discussed is, I, I assume counsel given to her by legal, financial, whomever, similar to what happened with Bethany and Jason of like, don't leave the house because it could affect your claim to it. There's also obviously an emotional attachment and a sense of like, I don't want him to win this thing. But yeah, no, I think she's just being petty. Yeah, because they're not married. So abandoning the marital home, it doesn't have any bearing on like it would it doesn't it's on the same rules even if you've been together for almost a decade or around it like the whole civil partnership of it all yeah because it's it's a business relationship that they bought this place together it's like any kind of like real estate investment if one real if one partner wants to pull out um the other one has to either you know buy them out or they have to put the place up for sale like so she's doing this thing so this has been happening with my um my uh, girlfriend she uh she and her boyfriend bought a house together and then she wanted to break up with him and now he won't leave he's refusing to sell she moved out because she's like i cannot stay there with him um and people have just actually been you know helping her out letting her crash at their place for the last few months and so she's at this point now it's been way less time than ariana it's been like since october or something but she's at this point where she's like I'm going to have to force a sale, which is what Ariana is now doing. I get that it's totally her right to be petty, um, but I do think that she is being petty. But also, at the same time, I would totally want to sell, too. I would want to get the most money I could. I wouldn't allow Tom and his lawyers to put a valuation on the house and then buy me out based on that valuation. I bet that they could sell the house for so much more. Um, but to stay there just seems just seems uh really to someone who's like always talking about how fragile their mental health is to stay in that environment seems crazy to me that seems like you're just asking for like headaches you know I want yeah I the, the the issue is like I want her to do well I want her to be well I want her to make bajillions of dollars and I it just I would not want to be near him with a 10 foot pole but the right. reality is it's not like 
obviously moving out is important. Like they need to sell this. They need to, she needs to be able to cash out as much as she possibly can, which I'm guessing is going to be really fucking difficult regardless of how Tom spins it in the press and on the after show because he, he put a, he put, there's like a bunch of fucking mortgage shit because he, for the restaurant, for whatever else, like it's not like it's just, you know, put this in the middle 50, 50. There's, there are issues here about debt that he carries and maybe that she also carries because of the home ownership. Like, I don't, I don't know the nitty gritty of it all, except to say that this is a complicated situation and he's never going to take the high road. He he never is. He's mad that he got in trouble. And some of that anger, I think, is directed toward Ariana. And that's going to remain. That's just who he is. Like, that's, yeah. that's just who he is. And so I think that is a difficult situation. But also, they're still going to have to film together or maybe not in the same room or talking. Or actually, yeah, in the same room, maybe not talking with each other. But it's not like she can fully cut her life and move on because a part of her, a huge part of her professional life is being on this show. And there's no way that he's going anywhere. Right. But then, but make it worse by living together. Um, I do. I actually I see both sides because I kind of sympathize with him as a homeowner to have to be forced out of your place. He says that he can afford to buy her out. Um, So, I mean, because the house is probably so fucking leveraged, like overly leveraged. But the um, the issue is that I'm sure that that real estate has appreciated in value by a lot since they bought it. So while he does have a lot of like, you know, he he's kind of using the house a little bit as a cash cow right now. Um, but he has a great interest rate that he got like pre everything. You know what I mean? Like interest now is like seven or eight percent. And, you know, when it's a mortgage, it's compounded. And I think he has like a two point two five or something. So that's like that is like what that's like a unicorn like to give that up is really tough. Um, So I I get that like I get why he wouldn't he wouldn't want to get rid of that place. He would want to keep it. And he has put a lot of work in. Have you seen his gym, his stupid gym? No, I don't give a shit. It's one of the house. It's one of the bedrooms he redid. I mean, it looks really nice. It's a good gym. It has, like you know, of course, has mood lighting. He's so into mood lighting because he's twelve. He's literally, he's literally a high schooler. He behaves like a brat. He behaves like a hormonal teenager, and he literally dresses like I remember my brother dressed in the nineties. Like I <sighs> literally, and I know that's like the thing, quote unquote, vintage. Literally, do not tell me the nineties. <laughs> I will literally freak out. But it's it's just. He thinks, I guess, because he's dressing that way, he should behave at whatever point in time he was at in the 90s. I assume he was, I guess, I don't know, some sort of like teen at that point. No, he was my he's my age because he lies about his age. He was in the 90s. He graduated high school. So he was in high school. Yeah. He's in his 40s. Well, regardless, he's doing this whole like grunge era thing, which it, but slightly preppy or something. I don't it's he's I, just I, I and I don't I think he's hot physically. I think he's hot. So you're killing me. With no, this. he physically is a hot guy. He was a model. His body's great. Um, the problem is that his personality is awful. So he's not attractive to me. You know what I mean? But I can I can like 
I can appreciate or I can like acknowledge that he is an attractive like person objectively. Like he's like a hot guy. If I didn't know his personality, I'd be like, oh, that guy's kind of hot. Although like in like I never was attracted to him, even since like the very first season, I always kind of understood that he like had model good looks, but like with the with the hair straightener and like just all of his different like personality he makes for a great reality show character. Yeah. But like I wouldn't get horny for that, you know? Yeah, he's a little prissy, but that's all that also applies to his personality. Like he's a he's a bitchy person. He's bitchy. It's not even that. It's like, um, it's like a, it's a, you know what? He has that same sort of like try hard quality that Sheena has. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like a little tragic and it's just like, eh. you know what I mean? It just kind of, if they had, maybe if they like his, cause his confidence seems really manufactured to me. Like he's, he's fake it till you make it. And I, and I can identify that. <laughs> It's hard because I feel like his confidence is so wrapped up in arrogance that it's it's I don't know what is real here. But I also think, you know, he's tried to say, oh, I, you know, offered her a good deal. She has said it was a lowball, ridiculous offer. I believe her. She's also said that the reason that she hasn't paid bills for the house is because she asked him for receipts and he has refused to hand those over so like she said before yeah. i give you money when we were dating i sort of trusted you and maybe i was wrong too at that point but now i definitely don't so i need you to give me accounting for this and he hasn't so she hasn't given him money which i a hundred percent understand and then on the after show he's like Oh, it's just like, what does she expect me to do? I think she literally told you what she wants. Right. What your receipts. <laughs> and you won't give yeah. her. So like, he, but he continues this narrative on the show and she's not discounting it at that point because she wasn't asked it in her confessional. So his narrative gets to win of like, she's just, you know, not paying and that's it. She's just doing it to be petty. And I feel like when Tom is telling me something, there is always always an alternate reality which is right. to say that ariana is always right but it right. is to say that i don't believe him when he tells me things because he's not a trustworthy person he yeah. always he's he's just he's like almost obsessively untrustworthy i see i i never thought these guys were i mean they all were cheaters since the beginning all of the guys that are on this show um so you know I never really expected anything more from him, but um, I do believe him when he says, you know, she hasn't paid in a long time. And like and I I agree she has every right to get that accounting from him. Uh, he has an assistant. I don't understand why it's been such a difficult task. But, um, you know, can you really say that? Can you say you don't understand why it's been? I don't think anything dealing with Tom is easy. I think he makes everything hard because he's so immature. He has an assistant, so it should be easy. If you know, just make your assistant do it, like with the batteries and the pens or whatever. <laughs> well, I think that's what is happening. I don't when he says I did something, I don't think he ever actually did it. I think yeah. he deputized Anne, who allegedly is no longer working for him and may well be working for Ariana. Like this whole thing is so incestuous. It's so incestuous. She is she has a podcast called I Didn't Sign the NDA <laughs> so that she can talk shit about him. 
she was profiled in the Times. She declined to comment about the ins and outs of what happened when she left. And she hasn't confirmed that she's working for Ariana. But that's something that people are people are saying. And the fact that she the fact that Tom's assistant was profiled in the New York Times is that's just that's just the that's the power of Scanwell. That's like that's I mean, it's wild. huge. Yeah, it's huge. But I do I will say that like as somebody who has been wronged before and um I and has been petty, uh I can see why she's not paying. Like I think it probably is more on the petty side than on the, you know, I don't know the exact numbers side, but whatever, like she has the right to be petty and he can just take it out. Like he can just deduct that from whatever if he wants to like buy her out. He told Nick Vial or Vial, whatever his name is, that he offered her 3.1 million and i what i think he offered her was a valuation of the home is 3.1 million and that she would he would buy her out of that and like with you know so she would get like a couple hundred thousand dollars basically cuz they bought the house for like 2. Point something um and i i bet that they could sell that house at least for 4 at this point shut up really Real estate's so crazy in LA and it's a turnkey house, has a pool. It like, you know, he has a gym. He did put a lot of work into the house. Like it it is nice. Um, so I, you know, I'm sure he has some kind of like stereo system throughout the home. Uh so it's it's nice and it's in a pretty good location. So I wouldn't be surprised uh if they could get way more than 3.1. I think he did lowball her. I think he lowballed her. I also heard from someone on the cast or some friend sort of essentially speaking on behalf of Ariana. And I forget if this was on the after show or something else said essentially like, would you accept an offer that came from an ex if he wasn't even giving you cash? Like the a part of it was like a payment schedule over the course of several years. Yes. That is that's nuts because then it's like the 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 argument of like why doesn't she sell and walk away he's not giving her that offer allegedly he's saying essentially i'm going to owe you for x number of years why would you say yes to that he's not it, but he still gets the credit for like yeah i offered her and she just wants to hold on it's like it's never that simple with tom it's always complicated and it always airs on the side of protecting him I I think also so this has been happening with my friend like her boyfriend has refused to leave the home and he's refusing to sell it and he can't afford to buy her out and he like so then she initially was like okay we can do a payment schedule and I was like do not do that you do not want to be tied to this guy for the next like 10 years and like that's that's just crazy you have to just sell it and just be done with it like to do a payment schedule is completely unacceptable to do like a lump sum you know, I can see, but a payment schedule? No, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, honestly, if I was given the option, God God forbid I was ever in a relationship with Tom, and I don't think I'm his type because I don't have a relationship with Ariana, but um, if, God forbid, I was given two options, if it was a payment schedule with more money, potentially even like a moderate sum more, like some sort of substantial sum more versus a lump sum for less, I would do less, but I'm also not in that position. And I understand why potentially her perspective might be like, why should I have to 
take any kind of loss here. I wasn't in the wrong. But the the thing of it is there is value for separating and just being able to like yeah. extricate yourself from this. But that's it's a it's also to do a payment schedule. He has money issues and he's like in over his head in this bar and there's no guarantee. It's not a secured. It's not like it'd be like a secured loan um, that she's, you know, uh, and I and is he even going to have the credit to because they would have to do I forget what it's called. So I had to do it with my ex-husband. Um, but you have to like take their name off the the mortgage and you have to like pay money for that um, unless you refinance. And he's not going to want to refinance because it's such a good rate that they have. So I don't know if he, does he even have the credit to be on there by himself. He's probably gonna have to put his mom on there. And also, when is he, first off, when is he paying back his mom, number one? And number two, how could he even give her a lump sum? He's driving a Rolls, isn't he? He's driving a Rolls right now. Whatever lease Gretchen got from Slade, I'm sure is pretty close to whatever Tom Sandoval has right now. Like, just because you have a fancy car doesn't mean you, A, have money or B, spent a lot of money on that car. It just means your lease is insane. No, but you can spend a lot of money on a lease. Like he's spending money that he shouldn't. He shouldn't have a car like that if he owes his mother. I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of him driving like a like it's a, not one of it's not like a regular Rolls. It's like a one of those like um like four wheeler like a four wheeler one. You know like uh you know how like they they'll have like a Lamborghini but it's like an SUV version of a Lamborghini. It's kind of no, like I that. Don't know that. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I know it from this girl who's rich on TikTok who has one. <laughs> Can we circle back to one thing? Yeah. The Schwartz of it all, you don't think that he deserves a certain kind of tongue lashing for the fact that it seems very apparent he knew and is also unwilling to take responsibility and is also standing behind this guy and really not holding him accountable? I think he is holding him accountable. Um, but I, I think he also has empathy for his friend who's like going through it, who, you know, was having dark thoughts. Um, I if I if I was in Schwartz's position and my best friend was cheating on her boyfriend, I would take that shit to the grave with me. It's none of my business. I'm not, I don't have to tell her that's their business. And my best friend is my best friend. And I, I would absolutely do the same thing. And if people got mad at me for that, I'd be like, fuck off. Um, you know, of course, it's like, uh, you know, it's different because they're in like this circle or whatever, but not really. Like, I've always recognized that like whenever I've been with my uh, boyfriend or like my husband, like that his friends are his friends and my friends are my friends and our friends are friendly, but I like his friends are his friends and my friends are mine. And, you know, when we got divorced, we didn't have friends that we had to split or anything, you know. Um, so I don't know. I never I never blamed Schwartz for that. And plus, he had like he was going through his own shit. Like he was going through a divorce. His dad was sick and dying in the hospital. His brother got cancer. The other one went to rehab. Like that's a lot of stuff. He's like, uh, you know, had to sell his house and he uh, has, you know, all these money issues with this bar. I don't blame him for checking out and not wanting to have to deal with any of their bullshit. Like that was that's not his issue. And I think people were really like um, really like unreasonable about him. The only person that should be mad at him is Ariana. 
Well, he's even upset that Ariana is mad at him. And also, like, it's not just that he said, I'm taking it to my grave. He used he provided his house for them to seek for their own little love shack. He he helped Tom cheat. And he was also allegedly good friends with Ariana. So it wasn't like I start dating someone with their circle of friends and maybe we become friendly and another person starts, you, you know, my partner has their circle of friends. It was all incestuous. So Yeah, no, I mean, um, I don't, I mean, yeah, he provided his place, but like Tom Sandoval has always kind of like walked all over Schwartz. And that's like their relationship that they have. So like anyone who, like they're all like Tom is so, like, uh, Sandoval so manipulative and blah 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 like well yeah well he was doing that to Schwartz too and it's different because their relationship is a forever relationship like the Ariana relationship that was probably never going to be a forever thing like but his thing with Schwartz is a forever thing so you know he's like he's been like um subjected to the same kind of like manipulation and treatment so I just think that everyone has just been really, really hard on that guy. And I feel and I've always had a soft spot for Schwartz. He's always the one that I like the most out of all those guys, just because he does seem the most intelligent or at least he seems like he reads, you know? Yeah. Um, no, no. He's a reader. He's a reader. Yeah. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony, 
It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andesgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andesgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's 
T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with promo code Andy. Uh, you know what? That's a really solid point. Honestly, that's a really good point. And it's like Sandoval is super manipulative. And right. I'm I'm not necessarily taking that into account. I'm just looking at Tom Schwartz as like his own individual person. Like I'm thinking about his own like personhood. And that's uh that's a good point. That's a that's a solid point. Can we shift gears a little bit? Yeah. What do you want to talk about, Miami? Oh, we can talk about Miami. <laughs> we can talk about Miami. How are you feeling about Seemingly the, the light in many people's lives, the Real Housewives of Miami. Oh, my God. It's the best one. It's the best one. I love those women. I love how emotional they are. Like, there's just like you never know who's going to cry on this episode, but there's going to be like one or more people crying for different reasons. I And I love their reactions to stuff like how they scream. And it's just like they're just so over the top. Um, But I, I mean, that boat ride when they were in Mexico City, was absolutely bonkers. It was so good. It was such a roller coaster, um, you know, and then an ambulance had to be called at the end. I mean, it's just so good. Um, I love Kiki. Uh, I really love Julia. Yeah, I love all of those women. I love all of them. And I, and I don't like when people get mad at Larsa. Like, people like like fans are like, Larsa doesn't deserve to be on this show, blah, blah, blah. I, well, actually, I hate that in general. Anytime anyone's like, they don't deserve to be on this show. It's like, um, yeah, like a reality television contract is not a basic human right. Nobody deserves it. You know, like it's <laughs> you're you're a you're you a, a sh- the shittier person you are, the better you probably are for the show. Like Larsa's so out of touch, you know, and which makes it great for the show. Yeah, so you can get upset at her behavior on it, but to say she doesn't deserve it is like, no, the audience deserves it. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like wait, let us be Sandoval selfish. We deserve yes. to have this thing. It might not be, it, it, it's going to be great TV and that is what should be, respect your villains. That's what should be most important. Exactly. But I also think like, Larsa has villain energy, but she also, I think is intelligent in some ways. She's also sweet. She's has way more empathy for Lisa than the other women. Um, and she, like her stuff that's like bad, it's like bad, but it's not like, it's not like evil bad. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's just like sort of, uh, I mean, the stuff that she had with Nicole was like dumb. Um, but, and, but like, I don't know. I just think that she doesn't, I don't think she mean, I think she means well most of the time, most of the time. I think she doesn't mean well at points like the whole Gertie thing that the the trees. Oh, my God. Words. The teaser for next week's finale. Her just like screaming at Gertie uh, about something involving the cancer. It's like, no, she means she means to be an asshole. And and Larsa's very successful at being a dick and like being vindictive or just like maybe not even vindictive, but she's so guttural. And sometimes that guttural (sighs) stuff is just so wrong. Like she's just like is on the wrong side of the street with Gertie. Also with Nicole. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like last season, definitely at the reunion. Yeah. The yeah. I mean, that was crazy. She was like, you know, my job is really hard. <laughs> you take pictures of your, of your feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if you don't have great feet, that can be a tough, you know, what's the filter that's going to change your feet? You know? I mean, she makes a ton of money on OnlyFans and she does not show her boobs or her vagina. So 
And we we support anyone showing any body part, but it I am sure is especially complicated if you're not doing. But doesn't she? Isn't she? No, she's, she doesn't do nudes. Well, no, not nudes, but like she's in a bikini showing her feet, I assume, or something. I don't know. Oh, I mean, she takes like thirst traps and like modeled shots, but yeah, like, but it's nothing. Like it's kind of just like what Kim Kardashian would post on her Instagram, you know? Well, look at Larsa monetizing what Kim K does for free. So. Um, I, uh, I'm really, really wrapped up in her relationship with Marcus. I wasn't initially, I was like, oh my God, she's like a bit, a bit much with this. But now I got, you know, after watching the traders and after seeing like how she like, I mean, their podcast is called Separation Anxiety. I'm like, oh, like they, this is passionate. They are like in it. And then with the fight and now they're back together and it looks like she's wearing an engagement ring. Um, I am I'm here for it. But then apparently it got really bad at the reunion. I read. Yeah, there's a report that maybe Marcus wasn't loving some element of how they were maybe discussed at the reunion. And he may have had some moments on set of just like being upset and shit talking the cast and production. I need Andy and a camera. I know, for real. I assume that cameras caught it. And uh, uh, allegedly, the cast wasn't aware at the time of what he was saying, which means we're going to get a fascinating part three. It's going to be a whopper of a part three. I'm excited for it. Um, What do you think that she got mad at him for? I'm kind of thinking she got mad because he was hanging out with his dad on, on Super Bowl Sunday. That's what it seemed like to me, like because they don't like her, the dad. So Michael do Jordan. you think it was because he was posting after they after she sort of like erased him from her social and now they've refollowed each other and nobody knows what the fuck is going on and we're like photographed or whatever. But maybe I mean, maybe it was him saying like, I plan to be with my family, but I don't know, maybe her maybe every major event for Larsa is Valentine's Day and they need to be together to celebrate she threw it. a a welcome home party he was gone for like 72 hours or something so like yeah i could see him being like no i'm not i'm not spending the day with you and then her having like a fit about it and like you know throwing a temp a temper tantrum basically yeah it's uh i i assume that the reunion well i don't know i guess the traders reunion is going to include some of this Ooh, there's a reunion yeah andy's hosting can you believe cool I know. I was I'm actually shocked that it was Andy and not Alan, because I think Alan would have done a great job, too. But like Andy is going to be phenomenal because he's also a little outside of this, which is nice, too. Yeah. Well, I just think Andy's Andy really asks the questions like he and, you know, Alan might be a little bit more polite. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Because Alan has like a does a little bit of a performance as host, yes. which is what we all love about it, and that's a really solid point. It's like, and Andy's just so comfortable in that spot, like he just and he'll know the shorthand, right? And I want to see Alan interview. Oh my god, I wonder. I don't know that Alan will be. I I'm hoping. Be a part I'm hoping of it. That's he a will. Great question. I have no idea. I never thought about that. Yeah, I I would love to know what he's saying. And does he sleep in the castle? <laughs> you know. I want to know all the ins and outs. I really want to know everything about like the living situation and how that's set up and like are they really sleeping at it seems like they really are staying at the castle right I read an interview with Alan for the Daily Beast but it was an older interview where he said they didn't Mm -hmm. and then MJ said they did but I don't I don't know I would not be surprised if they don't Tamar made it seem like they did stay there 
I don't know. I that's a big I mean, I know it's a castle, but that's for all those individual rooms and individual um bathrooms and stuff. I don't know. I mean, th- those places are built for like, you know, entertaining large groups of people. So there's like definitely enough bedrooms and stuff for like crew. It just seems like it'd be cheaper if you're renting the whole thing anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I'd love to stay in a castle. I would love to. I mean, my old house, my old house in Providence had like a little turret. Ooh. <laughs> it was like a little reading area, like a little nook. So uh-huh. I would just go in there truly as a child and be like, I feel fancy. Oh, my God. I would totally think that. <laughs> I'd be like, OK, I'm done with this. Like, gotta go. <laughs> go shit. There was a conversation between Lisa and Nicole about the lives that they had as kids and obviously how that has affected them as adults, family dynamics, everything else. It was, I think, an interesting window into how Lisa craves a caregiver. You know, the fact that she left her family. She wanted a family like and that's why I think that her she had such issues with what's Lenny's mom's name? Uh, Mrs. Hoxine. Yeah, it's like it's something it ends with an A, right? Yeah, it's like Melina or Melinda or something, something Melina. I forget. But that I think that's why she had such issues with her, because I think she wanted that woman to be her mother. But of course, that woman is always going to choose her son over, you know, anybody else. And um, I mean, uh, Lisa, the thing is that Lisa just needs to give it a rest in a way that like eventually that woman is also going to hate Lenny's new wife. If Lisa stops kind of giving, like, if Lisa stops with the, like, the drama and, you know, the calling the cops and all the other stuff, then they won't all have a common enemy. She's giving them all a common enemy so that they all are, bo- those three are bonding, the mom and Lenny and the the new woman. Um, and if she just, like, goes, like, kind of, like, hands off, they're, that whole, that that triad, that whole three people, that's going to implode. Like, you know, like that woman, nobody's with Lenny because they want to fuck him. You know, they're with Lenny because he has money (laughs) and free plastic surgery. Right. And I'm sure it's terrific. He doesn't even have a personality. No, that's the other. He's like an obnoxious guy. Oh, and I like the idea, like when Alexia was saying that, like, he always would have these like just hot women at his parties. I hate that. I hate that aspect of him. I think that's so gross. Like, it sucks that Lisa, like, had to go through with that for so long or had to, like, go along with that for so long. Um, I think that she should just, like, you know, I I get she was in fight mode because she was going through all this, like, legal shit with him. And, you know, and I think he was going to try to, like, not give her anything because he's one of those assholes. It's like, well, I'm the one who works. It's my money, even though she was creating a life for him at home. Um, And she deserves half of what he has. Uh, I think that, like, uh, she should now she should just go off in the sunset with Jody or whomever and let let Lenny rot because that's what's going to happen. Like, he's going to like that woman is going to get older and she's not going to be hot enough for him. And he's always going to be a gross troll and a creature. And, um, you know, but right now, the way that Lisa is responding to it, I think she's only kind of like pushing all of them together, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's often the argument made, certainly by Dame Brian Moylan, that ultimately the fights on Housewives are fights about the show. But I also think 
maybe separate from some of that conflict or also related to it, that it's also a struggle for identity for many of these women of like, how am I, who am I? And when that identity becomes so wrapped up in being a wife in being a caregiver in being a mother, and then also becomes being a real housewife, that is the conflict that I think many of these women try to figure out. Because if you're replacing one title with the other, who are you ultimately? It's always seemingly about other people's perception of you or valuation of you versus your own kind of independence. I don't know if that's even possible at this point. You know, um, the thing is, what strikes me as, as what doesn't look great for Lisa during all this, like I know like a divorce is so hard and the betrayal is so hard. But like for me anyway, the hardest part of like my, um, you know, ex-husband uh, like cheating on me or like when he has new girlfriends and stuff is the idea of them spending time with my daughter that I don't get to spend. So like that's the kind of stuff that like drives me nuts. And Lisa doesn't even bother by that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she doesn't that doesn't seem to factor into the stuff that she is really arguing about. I think it did last season. I think she was like viscerally upset about the fact that his mistress for all intents and purposes and now his fiance was hanging out with her kids. She was upset that I thought she was just upset that she was in the house. Oh, I mean, I think it's one. I think it's I don't know how much of a sip because it's her house. It's her family. That is certainly the kids. Ultimately, though, I think that wherever those kids are, they're with the nanny. You know, I see the nanny. That's the other part of Housewives where I'm like, can we see more of this staff? Remember when she had to go to the hospital (laughs) when the nanny did? Yeah. Do you remember that? It like interrupted their dinner. Didn't she like break her arm or something? Oh, my God. I remember. I don't remember if that was a nanny or a housekeeper. But yeah, can you imagine what the staff at the Hochstein Manor, whatever they're making, whatever, yeah, what they've seen and what they're making, you know, that's not nearly enough. You know that they're getting screwed. Like, it's not, this is how sometimes people build wealth is by like, absolutely screwing other people who make their lives I mean, that's how anyone builds wealth. Yeah, I guess. I mean, welcome to Real Housewives. Um, Yeah, the... The Lisa of it all is interesting to me, especially like they're talking about the plans and Lenny chose the house model design shit that Jody had. I feel bad for Jody all the time. Jody listens to it like a lot, you know, like that's just something I agree with the other woman. Like you don't want to put that on this person you're with the same way that like Gina kept putting off, putting her shit from her last relationship on her, her new boyfriend. Like you should just like, Try to keep that at a minimum just because I wouldn't want to hear it all the time. I wouldn't want to hear a person I'm dating with them talking about their ex all the time. That would drive me nuts. That would annoy the shit out of me. Like Sometimes, of course, you want to share with your partner like what you're feeling, but like you got to rein it in a little bit. Yeah. And if she's invested so much kind of emotional security in what Jody is providing for her, but also this dynamic is tough, what's going to happen if and when this ends? Like it's like the trauma of your marriage ending. So much of that energy is getting redirected into this new relationship. But 
the consequence of that is that the relationship might not work out under that pressure, but the pressure hasn't necessarily gone anywhere. It's just been redirected. Like she's just kind of all over the place at this point. Yeah. He's the person who makes her feel centered. Like there's a foundation there, a new foundation, I guess, to build. What happens if they don't make it? Right. Yeah. I mean, she was single for like two seconds. Two seconds. I mean, the same with Ariana. I mean, like, and here's the thing is that that happened to me right after my divorce. I got with someone right away um, because it just makes the it just makes the, the the crash a little easier. The crash landing like a little softer. But when that relationship ends, you end up um, grieving both relationships at the same time. And that's really hard. And Vicky actually talked about that because that's what happened with her and Don and Brooks. Um and so you basically have this like, and you don't expect that either, but you have this like double duty of grieving you have to do. Is it possible for it to maybe work out? This isn't the, this isn't the Lisa Jody because they seemingly went from one to a hundred immediately. Right. But with Ariana and Daniel, because it was not a friends with benefits, but because it was sort of casual at the beginning, does that help at all if it doesn't go from one to 100? Because it's still a relationship. I mean, she met him 10 or 11 days after finding out about right. Tom 10 at days. a wedding. Yeah. Like then they just, you know, it was like not a committed dynamic at first. And God bless that it wasn't. Thank God. But I don't think she's seen anyone else. Like it, they say that it wasn't committed. I think there just wasn't a name for it. But I don't think she was like going around dating guys. And I don't think that guy was going around. I mean, who knows? But like. I think he was also very into her as well. I mean, we haven't really gotten a chance to know him or anything, um, but I do think that she could probably do better because just because she she can she she just needs to try. She's proven that she doesn't have a good picker. You know what I mean? Like apparently the boyfriend before Sandoval was awful as well. It was abusive verbally to her and emotionally. So um, she should just be she should have really just taken a minute to just be really single you know i mean the upside is that we know um because ariana has been like so just courageous and incredible and like sharing a lot of her mental health journey that she does have support and i think that's important because it's like the fact that you know you may make decisions that work out in ways you hope for or don't but i'm just thankful and appreciative that like around her talking about vulnerable stuff i know that she has people in her corner. Like I know that she's in therapy. And I think that's also really important because the therapist or psychiatrist, psychologist, whomever you're seeing, counselor, whomever, isn't necessarily going to tell you that's a good idea. That isn't. But there is someone connected to like the before Tom and after Tom who I think will help her if something, you know, doesn't work out with Daniel or goes awry or doesn't. You know, like if they still if they stay together and they make it in whatever way they would like to define as, you know, the next big step. I think it's helpful that she has people who know her who can kind of like, you know, help her through this, help her cope. Right. I don't know that Lisa has that. Um, I know. That's the sad thing. I wish that she did. She might. Yeah. She genuinely might. And she might have said it. And I'm forgetting. No, I think that she did. I don't think she does. I think that's why she keeps talking to these women about it. And why she's talked so much to Jody about it. 
you know what? I I did that. I did that for many, many years before being in therapy. I would like, it was like not the, it's sort of like a guttural kind of like verbal diarrhea of it all of like, I just need to get all of this out and it has to go to my friends. And that's a lot of weight for, you know, people to carry. I go and they talk about this on on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think like in the first or second season, uh, Larry like runs into um, Richard Lewis uh, at therapy and he's like they're both talking about they're like yeah you can't bother your friends with this with this shit <laughs> like you, I'm solely in therapy just so I'm not annoying to my friends I mean it's good to talk with your friends about stuff but they can't be the only resource and they they're not your therapist like it's right. good to have vulnerable moments with your friends but at a certain point how are we also evaluating this behavior that I mean that happened in sex in the city oh wait what point oh yeah yeah when Carrie just wouldn't shut up about Big at one one of the breakups or whatever, and then that's when she ends up sleeping with Bon Jovi because they start going to the same therapist, and um, and then they're they're talking, and she she's like, "Why are you with? Why do you go to therapy?" And he's like, "Because I have commitment issues." And then he's like, "Why are you there?" And she's like, "I picked the wrong men." <laughs> <laughs> like say that while they're at, right after they have sex, but like her friends gathered around and they were like, "You have to." You have to talk to someone. You have we can't do, listen to this anymore. I was just about to say, wouldn't it be great if Carrie Bradshaw was on The Real Housewives? But then I realized, honestly, Carol, like, and the critique right. about Carol, you could sort of also make about Carrie. You know what I'm saying? Like, also, Candace Bushnell has been on The Real Housewives, a hundred percent, which is just that is like truly closing the gap for. A lot I mean, of she's us. real friends with Dor- Dorinda. Uh, there's a the person was based. Uh, Susan Sharon is based on Dorinda. And um, I think she's friends with Lou, too, because I've seen her at yeah. something. I don't even remember what, but I've seen her in the wild, unrelated to filming um, when she's just like shooting the shit with these ladies, which I just think is incredible. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on Beverly Hills. How are we feeling about all things uh, Kyle and Mauricio? I... I actually like that Kyle has been so uh, vulnerable and raw this season and has talked about it because it is difficult. I, I, I mean, I'm telling you, the way that she looked at Morgan Wade, if, the, if they're not together, she certainly had a big crush on her. Like, she just was giddy around her in a way that I'm not, I don't really act like that around my my friends, my girlfriends, you know? Like, I'm like not enamored with them uh certainly wouldn't get any kind of tattoos like you know i wouldn't put my initials on someone or you know what i mean like uh but i don't know and it it does seem to be like i don't know i i be i, I mean i feel like they're headed for divorce right like i don't think there's going to be a reconciliation i think they're just doing like a conscious uncoupling kind of thing yeah except i don't know that mauricio is conscious i mean but wasn't he like wasn't he being wasn't he like dating his dancing with the stars? They were partner? holding hands and Kyle said she didn't love it. Going to going to going out to eat with his family. Yeah, I don't know what the vibe there is, but I'm I'm genuinely confused in watching Mauricio's interactions with Kyle like at that cuz that was so fucking aw- that was like tense mixed with awkward when they were talking speaking of being in therapy when they were like talking about therapy and he said it's fun 
Yeah, that's the moment where I what would be like, hell? we do, we are not on the same page of like right. even what we're looking for here. But when he tried to like joke with her and physically connect with her and she essentially internally, but I, I felt like we saw it sort of recoiled a little bit of like, we're not yes. there. I felt like all of her body language was, yes, I'm dis- I've disconnected from you and he's just, his body language is like, everything's fine because he's... I think been so used to everything being fine. Right. And now he's at a point where I don't know that he knows how to fix this. Like, I don't know if he wants to. I know he wants to stay married to her, but I don't know that he wants to fix it. I think he thinks it's just going to work out. Honestly, I think that because I think she's always kind of handled it before. And I think that he thinks, oh, this is just kind of like a bump in the road. And she, but I will say, him not going to Lorene's celebration of life thing, that was really big. That was really fucked up. Like he should have, it doesn't matter whatever his commitments were, he should have canceled them and said, this is a priority. This is really important. My wife's best friend like lifelong best friend has committed suicide wasn't even just like that's like a whole different trauma uh, yes it's it's you know when someone dies suddenly or of cancer like of of course that's like very very sad but like there's so much more that goes uh, like goes along with the grief of a suicide that it it's a different thing and it's very intense and he should have like been I, I it's just weird it's weird because he seems like he's so good with people but i it must just be like on a surface level you know i think he has gotten very used to being good with a certain kind of people and he's been mm. very very successful at it and he's in a power position with the agency he doesn't need i'm sure he has to answer to people in terms of you know he has a lot of people that he's responsible for right hundreds right. and hundreds of people But I don't know that he wants to please Kyle. Like, I don't know when it comes to being a people pleaser, like he she's telling him how to and please is obvious is an intentionally bad use of the word. But she's telling him you're not doing it. She's telling him this is not working out. We are at a crossroads. And he just I don't know if he's incapable of it. But he he seemingly refuses to make her a priority. He yeah. just refuses to. And, you know, listen, grief is traumatic. It's complicated. It is for anyone. So it's it's not discounting one against the other. It is just to say that if a loved one dies by suicide, that is an incredibly complicated thing to. Yeah experience and navigate and unpack, let alone it happening to someone that Kyle trusted as a sister in a was way a touchstone. that was, uh, who was a touchstone in a way that was like holier for her than her mm-hmm. relationships, safer for her. And the fact that he just hasn't stepped up, it's not just about that day, but that day was really important. And Lorene's family was there and Kyle's family was there. Like right. it's, it's, it's that, but it's also every other day. I just don't understand, but this is like, maybe this is because I, I've, I've never been married. I haven't been in a significant romantic partnership in that way. I've been in, you know, significant friendships. I've experienced love in other areas, but I, I just don't understand 
Like this man is going to lose his wife if he doesn't change. Can he just not change? He's just so used to stuff going his way in the end. That's not how people work. He knows that better than anyone. I think sometimes, though, when you're like number one person, and especially like in relation and like a marriage or a long term relationship, like they're your number one person and you think like, oh, they're always going to be my number one person. So like they I can move them down and like cause the, the priority list for now because I have to get this other stuff done. I'm like triaging my life. And that person's always going to be there. So I don't have to like really worry about them. But when you keep doing that over and over again, that's like where this like division happens and like an emotional break happens. And a person takes, you know, offense like, oh, I'm never the priority. Like you take me for granted. You think I'm always going to be here. And that's just not the case. And I think also, too, though, like she she was always there. So he doesn't have a reason to believe that she's not going to always be there until now, you know? Yeah, but even him saying like we're empty nesters, like at first I didn't think that was as big of a moment. But then I'm thinking like, okay, he's because it's because they're a, they're almost empty nesters. You know, they have but what great is kids. She's in high school. She's probably 15, 16. They've got me two, two and a half years left somewhere around there to navigate. Yeah. So I sort of get him saying that. But then I 100 percent get Kyle, who's like, you're looking ahead in a way that is completely not being present, not being present in a way that is negating the future. If you cannot stand here with me and fix it, you are right. assuming that we will be in that next chapter. And I am telling you, the current chapter should be driving this train. Yes, if you don't get through this with me now. There will be no empty nesting together. There just there just won't. I mean, they they still are doing like holidays and vacations together. Yeah. Um, but I don't see this. I don't know. I don't see it working out. Although she has been very honest. You know, she's been on Jeff Lewis mm-hmm. and he was like, do you guys think you'll just stay together because it's like too difficult to like split up your assets and blah, blah. She was like, no, I, I would get a divorce. Like I like emotionally think I would need that kind of closure. Um, and I understand that completely. Um, but. I think that she is still I mean, it's it's tough. They've been married for a very long time, like 25 years or something, probably more. Farrah is like 30 in her 30s, right? Yeah. And Kyle, I think her first marriage, I think she got married around 19. Yes. Very, very young. I think she met Mo when she was like 21. Yeah. She was really. Yeah. I mean, that was the irony, the in the sense of just annoyance of Dorit singling out crystal being married young when kyle got married younger right well but there wasn't such a big age gap between mauricio and kyle sure but also yes which also raises some additional stuff of the use of child brides specifically in a way that is extremely gross when you think about what she was uh actually saying in that confessional i was like yeah this isn't good um, but with Kyle and Mo, I mean, you know, we think about Lisa and it's like Hoxstein, <laughs> just a, I know we're in v- uh, BH and VBR land, but not Vanderpump. But uh-huh. when we think about Lisa and, you know, how is she going to how is she identifying herself and, and how much of that is in relation to other people? I do think that Kyle is really genuinely on that path. Like, I really do 
think that she is figuring all of this out and a lot of it out in real time. And my curiosity for the finale is going to be, someone said it in the teaser. I forget if it was Garcelle. It could have been Crystal. I genuinely forget who said it. But some of it was like, did she know this all along? And I'm curious. I'm sure we'll get into it at the reunion. I'm curious for Kyle. And maybe she's still in the process of figuring this out of like, when did you did you feel like this was the inevitable next step? And when did you come to that decision in time? How much of that was in the filming? Because I just think of that scene with her and yeah. Mo this week in the bar. And I'm just like, she knows. Right. I just feel instinctively and I could be 100% wrong. I'm a voyeur to all of this. But it just feels like in her body, she knows this isn't moving forward. She just yes. knows. It's a matter of figuring out how to navigate it versus whether or not to. Right. Right. Um, Dorit, you know, here's the thing about Dorit. Like, I've, I kind of, I have a soft spot for PK. I have a soft spot for PK too. Safe space. We're, we're both weird. We're, I, I, I understand too. I named my fish after him. May his memory be a blessing. They're to me like an old Jewish couple. They're like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they have, I think that a lot of people who are like, oh, she should just leave him, blah, 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 blah. They, I think they have a deeper connection than maybe it even seems. And like, I think I just have a soft spot for him. I think that he's funny. I thought it was funny when he stopped to get pizza before letting in the therapist. I mean, and he's having a tough time with her PTSD. But I think a lot of people don't understand that kind of thing. And, you know, they're doing the work to get him to understand. Um, and hopefully he's being better about it, like, since then. Um, but, you know, he uh, he just he made he's he's definitely making a bunch of mistakes. Um, but there's like there's just something about him that I that I like. Like he's just he's kind of he's funny. Yeah. I mean, as a Jewish person, I do like there's just like a sort of like a there's just like a vibe that I like right. him. I do. Yes. And also, I do think when it comes to like him not him being a gone away for him being gone for so long, I get how frustrating that would be. But I also wonder if some of this, if we're not hearing about the reasons that he's gone and there's just a sense, I rewatched the episode and when they're talking about it and he's like, you know, this project, I could be completely off with this, but I wondered, is this during the time in which he's filming that reality TV show? Because I'm wondering... Oh, is he how, filming another show? He did another show in London, I think a real estate show. And oh. I don't know if the timing matched up at all it may well not have but I just kind of I just kind of started thinking like maybe this is he's not willing to say he's doing this tv show because it would take out too much breaking the fourth wall of like yes yeah. he's a reality tv personality and side you know spoiler alert or if it's like not on their network reality tv and it 100 isn't on the network they never they never say that tom Sandoval was on special forces. They never they just say I was on a competition reality reality show. Right. And this they're not even saying it's a show. They're they're essentially saying it's a business mm. deal. I do wonder when it comes to him being like this thing is just stretching on. I just dragging on. I can't come back. I wonder how much of that is like yeah because he's he's literally which isn't that's not taking away from what Dorit has to carry on his behalf, but it is to say that I I wonder how much that show might be playing into this and why okay. he's not being explicit and being like, you know, I'm doing this show. It's a long shoot. You're fucked as a result of it. 
but it, it's a long I'm filming a reality TV show. It's not to yeah. go to business dinners, but we don't know. Uh, do, all right. What do you think with the with all the robberies now? When she told the story about the $10,000, I was like, OK, because, you know, there was a robbery before she was like held at gunpoint. Remember, like they were robbed when they weren't home. And like someone took a bunch of her bags and stuff and then they got robbed again. And Gar- to Garcelle's point, why didn't they take that big rock on her finger? Like that would be something that a robber would usually take, right? A, a giant diamond. But the $10,000 cash, who, why, wouldn't, why would you want to get out cash and pay in cash? Why wouldn't you want the points on your credit card? I love I bonuses. I think it was like giving out, which people do. People do cash bonuses. Oh, she was get because she said I went I went to go shopping. I think it was like gifts for people, like people who work for them or something. Maybe, yeah, maybe that makes more sense. But she made it seem like oh, I took out ten thousand dollars and went to the mall. No, I and that I a hundred percent understand how that could be. Like, why would you do that? But I right. think it was like Christmas shop. You know how sometimes you like if you have sometimes if you have a staff, it's like <laughs> someone like a tchotchke or a small thing, but then like also an envelope with money inside. Right, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, and I don't know why she's just been so unlucky. She's really truly been very unlucky. What do you think about the conspiracy theories? Oh, I will say, though, my uncle Michael, one year back in like the late 80s, early 90s, he got out $5,000 from the bank and he took it to Macy's and he bought my aunt a negligee like in a robe and he put the money in the robe pocket and then he took it to Macy's and had it wrapped. And then he had the bag with these like these other wrapped presents and someone fucking stole the bag. Yeah, like. That like so when when Dorit told that story, I was like, is she putting like what? Why would you go? Because the only reason why you put bring cash like that is like so you can put it in the pocket of a robe <laughs> in, inside a present. My God, your poor Uncle Michael. I know. I would be that sucks. Yeah. Um. Like he like put this. He sat down on a bench and he put both his bags down and he was I don't know doing something. This was like so long ago. And then someone just they. They just took the bags. Um, but what do you think about the conspiracy theories that like PK has been having her robbed over and over again to like pay off his gambling debts? I think that there are conspiracy theories about literally everything on Earth. And I think that's just a dark, a dark path I won't navigate because I just think that's terrible. It's it's a terrible thing to three times, though. Three times is is I don't, a lot. I don't I don't I don't have an answer for it except yeah. she's very unlucky and has obviously gone through a lot of trauma. Oh, I believe she be- like I believe she's victimized. Like no matter what, she she was robbed and she, you know, whether it was put together or not, like she's I don't think she's in on any kind of conspiracy with him if if in fact he's been up to something. I don't think she's part of it. Yeah, I think of it genuinely as just like a conspiracy theory and like a a dark like she's genuinely has PTSD. Like that's 100%. real. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just to say that when it comes to the conspiracy theories of like people theorizing you know some of this stuff and some of his debt, that's not a road I go down, but what I do think is interesting is that they've been on the show for 700 years and we've never had a real honest conversation about their money the issues. Money. And that is something that should be discussed and the problem is when it gets connected to like and also people on Reddit and apologies to Reddit are saying XYZ like I, I just think why don't we focus on the fact that like 
this is different. And also now this season, some of this stuff is kind of coming up to the surface of like right. PK talking about her behavior and maybe their lifestyle. It's like, okay, let's let's navigate under that in a way that doesn't immediately re, re, um, absolve them because nobody in the cast is willing to talk about it. Um, uh, well, Camille, Camille Grammer was ready. Yeah, and then she, they dragged her to hell and she had to, she right. had to get down on her knees and essentially apologize like she was getting a $2 million ring and essentially be like, I'm so sorry. I apologize to the good Lord above. But all that was real. I mean, their bank accounts were frozen. Dorit was brought into it. I, I genuinely don't think that any of this is like, I, Dorit has just been doing what she's supposed to be doing. She's designing bathing suits. She's raising the kids, whatever. Um, it's, PK has, you know, he was very, very wealthy and then he lost a bunch of his money and then he got himself into a hole and then he apparently likes to gamble. And I mean, to have a two million dollar gambling debt at a casino is that's a lot. That's more than Kim Kim Zoltiak Kierman. Well, luckily enough, she you know, she spreads a lot of that around. Oh, my God. So Kim? it's the casino, but it's also Amex. And I guess I assume Macy's and her situation gives me so much anxiety so much anxiety it's so bleak and it is so bleak is so just trying to sell her crap like oh my god it's uh it's bad i i feel bad for croy but also he did enable this behavior for so long but um I do think that she has like a mental illness shopping addiction. Like that's what it seems like because everything she like, she has so much stuff and she'd be like, she'll take out these Gucci shoes that were like $3,000 and she'd be like, never worn. And it's like, well, why didn't you wear them? Why are they just sitting? Yeah. Some of those bills are public and it's like she was spending hundreds of dollars on water on just like bottled water. water. Yeah. I mean, shout out diamond water. It was not even, there was no diamond underneath. Mm-hmm. Just acting. It's just, there's no purpose for this except to say that right. you have like the most expensive water, but that's not going to quench the thirst. There's right. always going to be more. There's always going to be more. Um, Listen, two questions for you. One, thoughts on Erica, the apology, Garcelle being like, LOL, no thank you. Right. Garcelle's right. Garcelle's right. Garcelle's like, Garcelle is like, look, I had an opinion. And I think what she means by that is not like I had an opinion that you stole money. Her opinion is that she wasn't being empathetic towards the the victims. And Garcelle's right. Like she wasn't being she wasn't showing empathy. It did bite her in the ass. Everyone was right about that. And she wasn't listening. Um, did you, Oh, did you watch Housewife and the Hustler part two? I'm literally, as soon as we stop recording, I'm watching it because I'm recording an episode with someone who's on it. It's it's good. She participates. She sits down with the victims and is still, she's inherently cold. She's she's cold with them. <laughs> it's weird. Um, and uh, but they and then they have a really good story on there about these um guys, Marco Marco, these designers that she used to work with and and they've been on the show. They would make her cat suits for her. And um like they that was who she wore the wire for. Remember when she was like they were doing two truths and a lie, I think, right? And she wore a wire and um for a federal case. That was the case, and it was because she had charged like eight hundred thousand dollars worth of costumes on the Amex, and uh, 
she and Tom called up Amex and said that that was all wrong and it was fraud. And because it's like such a huge amount, then Amex wanted to go after them. They wanted, you know, them to they they wanted to charge them with have them charged with a crime. And this this poor guy went through all this stuff. And I just felt so bad for him. Like he was arrested and then they just dropped the case with like no reason. Like after, you know, all the Girardi stuff came came, you know, to light. But it did make me think Erica knew some shit was up in 2016 because she participated in this whole like, you know, Amex scheme and like blamed it on these guys that she says were overcharging her. And she knows that she ordered all that shit. And um, like, so that that leads me to believe that she knew that something was up money wise and um, participated in wrongfully, allegedly wrong, uh, wrongfully accusing these guys. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I remember the L.A. Times profile on that. And it was like, no, this is like direct, like Erica's doing some bad shit and like ruin this guy's yeah. life. And, it's and these guys are up and up like they're on the up and up. They're like Emmy Award winning costume designers. You know what I mean? And they um, they were like, yeah, like I told I like told her, yeah, maybe there is a discrepancy here and there. And he's like, but I was just kind of trying to do like a customer's always right situation and trying to keep her business. Um, but like she, he, she had never told him that they had called Amex and said that they wanted to do a chargeback. Yeah. And I think that some of her reasoning in that sit down, it's like, great, she's approaching closure. Um, she's not as much of the chaotic monster that she was, uh, last season, but also like referencing the Dorit thing when Dorit's like, I had my head fully lodged up your ass and you're upset that I said that the Tom stuff is affecting us like the fact that that hurt her that might have hurt her feelings but I don't think anyone should apologize for saying what was so obvious and the Tom stuff did affect them people were asking them questions you know of course it did and Tom was on the show everyone involved filmed filming with Tom is going to be asked some tough questions Dorit in the same way that Ariana should be kind of grateful for the cheating scandal because it like enabled her career. Dorit should be grateful for her Erica's scandal because it really took the heat off of her finances. Absolutely, it did. Absolutely, it did. Which I think I, I'm sure subconsciously, you know, PK's thinking that. And I do, I do like that Crystal. Like she did a very millennial type of apology. Like I'm sorry, I contributed to your pain. You know that kind of thing. But it was nice and it was like heartfelt and it like hit the spot and Erica liked it. And yeah. I think that really meant something to her um but you know erica can have her feelings but it doesn't mean that everyone has to you know uh apologize to her also she didn't win she she was like bringing up this like earrings case it she did not win that case if you listen to the bravo docket like they go really far into all the girardi stuff they have several episodes about it but the earrings that just got kicked back down to a lower court there was no ruling made on it they were just like no this has to like go back to the lower court it wasn't like she won and she was never going to get the earrings back right well she's definitely not getting them back now because they sold but now i think she probably wants the cash value for them which is crazy because she would be just taking it out of the pockets now she'd be taking it because the money was dispersed to um the victims already so she would be taking the money out of their pockets at that point like actually 
and I I haven't watched. I'm gonna watch the doc right after this. But it's I, good. Yeah, I heard it was really good. Um, the one thing that I do know from it is that I guess the victim said, you know, and if I don't know if it's mentioned at the end or anything, but like they they never heard from her again after. Yes, they never heard from her again. So I haven't seen the scene yet. There's not a lot I can say about it until I watch. But um, I don't know. It's not like Erica's going to partner up to launch a charity to like help these people. But no, but she, you know what? It would have been great if she had. It would have been great if she reached out. Yeah. Right. I mean, she doesn't have time. to, but it would have been great if she had. And she has a lot of like pull. You know what I mean? Like she's a lot of star power. And I bet that people... There's so many Bravo fans. People would have contributed money to GoFundMes for these victims. But I guess if she were to do that, it would be like acknowledging some sort of wrong on her part. She's still caught up in a bunch of lawsuits. So like she I guess she has to like watch her ass or whatever. It's um, it's it's wild. But Tom, Tom was found competent and he was found to be be uh, malingering, which is like lying about his you know, decline. That's what they they found. That was what the finding was in in the uh, in the ruling. Tom Girardi, yeah, lied in order right. to protect himself in a way that I don't know people would find incredibly callous and terrible. I mean, he's going. He's sticking to the bit, man. I mean, he's living in an old age home. He's like putting on the same clothes every day. He wore slippers to the courthouse one day. And then they they pointed out, they were like, yeah, a lot of times with these dementia patients, they do wear the same clothes all the time, but it's because they forget to get changed. He gets out of the clothes, has them washed, and then has them put right back on because he's trying to trick everyone into being like, oh, I always wear the same outfit, you know? I hope, I know he's up there in age. I hope he lives long enough to go to jail. That's what I hope. I hope he's, I hope he spends the rest of his life in He seems pretty healthy to me. Yeah, I mean... We'll see what happens there. Um, listen, before we wrap, breaking news out of the Bravo universe this week. Portia Williams, yes. new last name. Portia is returning to Atlanta. And, uh, and what, is Nini as well? No. no. <laughs> there was a rumor that Nini was coming back. There's a rumor that I'm a butterfly, but <laughs> I haven't necessarily seen that pan out yet. It was being kind of packaged as the two of them are going to come back together. It wasn't. Not by It wasn't? Anyone. No. That's people on social being like, this means Nini's back. Nini's definitely back. You know, I know we all love to like, it's following the secret or whatever, where you're just like saying things into reality. But this is not, that's not. No, but it was before it was announced that Portia was coming before back. Before it was announced, I was fluttering around a garden in Central Park. Like, did you not see me? Nini started. She stopped. She, like, unfollowed Bethany. She stopped with all of the, like, re reality reckoning. She started getting nice again with Bravo people. Acknowledging all of that, I'm sure that she has an interest in returning and TMZ cameras have just randomly, oh my God, spotted her and asked her if she's planning to return or wants to return. So, But Candy's not coming back, right? Candy's taken a... a Candy needs a break. Candy deserves Candy needs a, a break. break. And also there's the question of, okay, Candy's taking a little pause. Phaedra. I mean... If Candy's not... if Bring Phaedra. I'm ready. She's so good on the traders. She was so good on Ultimate Girls Trip. I'm so sad we're not going to get to see Morocco. There's no way we're going to get to see that, right? Uh, I don't think so. The Daily Beast this week put up a thing that like a source was like, we haven't decided. And back in the fall, Andy said, you know, you're definitely going to see it. I don't think that they have made a decision. 
Brandy intimated that that Andy called her and told her it's not going to air because she was like, he called me with really bad news, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, um, you know, I read that whole complaint. Did you read the complaint that uh, I, Caroline? I did. Yeah. I don't remember. I did because I sent it to someone and reading the details was like incredibly fucked. It was a really difficult read. I was like, someone needs to make a well a wellness check on Brandy because she's already fragile. And the stuff that they were saying about her in the complaint, like they they took it a little too far in the complaint because they were like pointing out instances of times that were, quote unquote, her sexually harassing people. And it was like her making out with Carlton or like being in a bed with Carlton or her like making a joke about how um, about how Ken Todd was hot. And like Lisa, but like that was all jovial. Like Lisa was like joking around like those were not those weren't situations where anybody felt victimized or like that was all sort of consensual and whatever. And then they mentioned that the like um, the racism stuff, the pool and the hair with with Joyce um, and, you know, that was a really shitty thing that Brandy did that has nothing to do with sexual harassment or anything like that you know that was just like ignorance on her part so they really just fucking dragged her character a lot and i thought that that like this is bad for her um and i think that there's probably like there's you know there's probably three sides to the story um i i did hear from someone that one of those producers on the on ultimate girls trip is not is not very ethical like they're like old school producer type but um at the same time all of the other women on the show are still supporting brandy and uh you know uh still communicating with her and have relationships with her and um you know brandy and and those women all say like they want everyone to see the show because they'll have a different idea i want to see the show i want to judge i want to be the judge of like you know, but I'm sure that Caroline did feel uncomfortable. Um, but I think also, um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I think we should, I want to see it. I want to see all of it. I appreciate that perspective. Couple, couple thoughts. Number one, you know, I hope that Brandy has a support system because I can't imagine going through this publicly, right. which does not negate Caroline's experience. And right. Also, the fact that the cast might be rallying um, around Brandy when they weren't present. I know people keep saying the fact that the cast is rallying is is to say that something didn't is to say that what Caroline experienced didn't happen. That's that's not accurate. And people are not actually reading the details of the suit if they were and they saw the details of what um, Caroline says she's she endured. I don't know how you would feel about that, but the fact that Phaedra Parks is supporting Brandy, Phaedra doesn't have a great track. I love Phaedra. I want her to return to Atlanta. I would love to her to return to Atlanta and have a conversation with Portia about what actually happened. I don't know how right. realistic that is, but for Phaedra Parks to be like, you know, she said in Vanity Fair, she had like a smart ass comment of like, love is love. Like it, it's, you know, it, 
that doesn't say anything to me. Vicki Gumvelson, who started a cancer charity to get more right. clients to Coto Insurance, the fact that she wasn't present and is supporting Brandy because they know Brandy, they've experienced stuff with Brandy more, they know that Brandy is a mess. That's not telling me that Brandy is innocent in this. That's just telling me that they have an existing relationship with her that they don't with Caroline. And my guess is that Caroline didn't necessarily fit in on this show. She's a sourpuss. Which is all fine and good. That All that tells me is that Brandy had a stronger relationship with the women. It doesn't negate what may have happened. It, it, but the thing is, is in the complaint, one of the things that they use as an example of her sexually harassing is her giving that like lap dance to Vicky. And there's screenshots and stuff. And Vicky's like, that. I'm fine with that. Which is a conversation about their legal strategy and what they're using, including like Brandy's social and like, you know, right. of her Twitter. That doesn't mean this didn't happen. It means that like that's the legal strategy and they're throwing everything at the wall and, and trying to share with the court who may or may not have a DVR. This is the person that we are seeing on TV, which is as much about bearing responsibility by production as it is about Brandy, I think. Yeah, but they did say in the thing that that Brandy's a sexual they they say she's a sexual deviant and that's fucked up. And you know, and because Vicky had this like Vicky's being accused of having been sexually harassed by Brandy and she's like no, that's not the case. Um but also Alex McCord is a psychologist and she was the one who's and that's what I'm really pissed about is I really wanted to see Alex McCord <laughs> into action again. I really and apparently she was like basically giving therapy to um caroline this whole time so alex isn't um she's not saying like she's she's like seems like she's like switzerland she's acknowledging that caroline had this experience but she's also acknowledging that brandy's not a sexual deviant where is she acknowledging that uh I guess like she's um i guess just like in her support of brandy like where, i don't think that, that like being seen um, in her comments and, you know, stuff like that, they apparently have a, a relationship. Um, so I don't know. I think that um, and all the women, they want it to air. Not all of them. But who else doesn't? Oh, Caroline's Caroline. The only one. And also these are not. Listen. A person signs up for a reality TV show. They want other people to see the reality TV show. And also they put in this work. It doesn't mean it should air. I'm not thinking, well, Vicki Gumvelson has a great track record with morality. So when, so yeah. the fact that she's saying it should air means that, that the truth will come out. That's not how this works. It, and it also, if you don't have the footage of it, and that's a reality of, of any kind of sexual impropriety and potential se sexual assault is like people saying it. No, they do have the footage. They don't. They don't have video footage of it. They might have. No, audio they do. I don't remember that. They have video footage of the of the part that happened at the dinner table. But they don't have it of the bathroom. Yeah, but they have all the audio footage. So you know, and and you can hear the stuff going on, and like, so there would be. I don't know. There was just stuff that happened. I, I'm saying that, like, I don't think that Brandy, Brandy's a troubled person. I don't necessarily, I think that she's being painted in a much worse light than she actually is. And it always just sort of, I do think that a lot of this comes down to producers, which I don't like when people blame producers. Um, in this case, it might be a little bit different because Brandy is saying that. Um, but I also think that like 
there was just something about it right at the beginning when when it all first started coming out that just kind of smacked to me a little bit and I'm I'm probably biased because I went to school with a lot of like Catholic Italians in New Jersey that there's just like there was a homophobia element to it. I don't know. Uh it might be I might be totally off with that, but that was like the read I that's kind of the feeling I got in the beginning. But at the same time, I wouldn't want Brandy to like doing all that shit to me. I'd be so annoyed if she was like trying to like rub herself on me and like that's sexual assault. It's not about being annoyed. It's different. Well, it's different. Not everyone takes things the same way. You know what I mean? Like not everyone consent. She's saying she didn't consent. No, I mean, but for me, it would be annoying. It wouldn't be it would be different for me. Well, I don't know if you've experienced sexual trauma. I have. And Caroline said in the lawsuit that she has, it's a different. Yeah, I mean, every woman has. Not every woman has. I think ever, I mean, pretty much. I don't know about that. Like, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that Caroline explicitly is saying she is a survivor of childhood sexual uh, abuse or, or sexual trauma. And this was triggering to her. And she knows what happened to her. And I'm believing her in that. Like, I, I, yeah. I'm believing her in that. And I also think the, the reality is Brandy isn't named in this lawsuit. Is she going to be harmed on behalf of it because of the way it's I mean, she's not named as a defendant? But the whole lawsuit's about her. Like the whole, she's on every page. But she's not being sued, and I think it's important here to think about responsibility when it comes to the show itself. That production really fucked up, and I do believe that they were egging Brandy on. We saw, we know who Brandy is. We've seen her cross lines. She's terrible with boundaries. It's not excusing any alleged behavior, but it is to say that I believe that production was egging her on and was looking. Looking for a moment. I think the alcohol is a huge fucking issue. I think that the way they run these shows, they're trying to get right up to the line. But the difficulty with that is what happens if it gets crossed in a way that you don't necessarily understand? I don't know if it was like uh, the egging on and stuff. It seemed to be the aftermath they handled terribly. I think it's the before too. And Brandy's talked about that. I think it's the way that they were talking about alcohol and the way that they were encouraging binge drinking and the way that they were encouraging crossing of lines. I don't think it was the aftermath. I think it's they're responsible for how their set is run. And I think that they were looking for, I'm not saying they were looking for sexual assault, but I think that they were looking for Brandy to do the thing that they hired her to do, which is too much. Right. No, but I mean, Caroline was upset with the way they handled it. Yeah, I mean, she's suing them. So trying to make them talk. But I have a question. Is she not able to sue Brandy? Because, you know, yeah, like housewives can't sue each other. I think it's different when it comes to criminal stuff. I don't think that I mean, well, it's I don't, still, still civil. Uh, yeah, but I don't like you can press charges, but like to, but they sign some kind of contract where they can't civilly sue each other there is a strategic reason why she is not named and they're going after the people who have money so it's like you're going to go after the system of power right yeah it's like getting blood from a stone with brandy right and also you're in making this lawsuit you're affecting brandy right so it's like what what's the what's the purpose of naming her i don't know we have we have different takes on this and that's you know, it's good to have two women, you know, fucking talk this shit out. And I feel really hot about it. And I feel like it shouldn't air. And I understand um, people who feel differently. And I also understand people who feel like this has been going on and it's this dark cloud. And I want to see the way that the show presents it. I want to see um, exactly what happened. So 
so I can make my own determination. I understand that. I disagree with it, but I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying I have a really, you know, hot opinion about it. Yeah. I and I'm not passing judgment on anybody who wants to watch it. I am saying I myself do not and I'm I do not have any trust in production or the network that they are going to do this in a responsible way because if you had that argument, don't don't you think that this wouldn't have like why why would Bravo <laughs> take the higher road what what set record do we have that they wouldn't look for the like Andy knew that this happened and was still hyping the season would be seen so I don't know but I could be wrong I I 100% could be wrong and and we'll see how this plays out we really will yeah I I will say that like I think it was a huge mistake for them to bring Caroline on to make I don't think she was going to ever mix with those women well but maybe that was the point of it. She's never been fun. Like, she's never been one of those people where, like, they're laughing, you know, like, on vacation. It's like, I, she's never had fun on those trips. <laughs> she always was complaining about headaches. I can't remember a trip where she liked it. Well, I mean, if she has, if she has a migraine. But every time, like, when they went to Italy, she hated it. Yeah, but also you're with Teresa and her family. How can that not be an annoyance? You know? Right. But every time. So it's like I don't know. I I like her, so I don't. I have a I have a bias. Yeah, I never like the Manzos. You have you have potentially an anti Manzo energy. I have a I very do. pro Manzo, which isn't negating Caroline's bad acts, but they just remind me of people I grew up around, and they just like think who they are, and like. Well, she's my mother in law, so I feel like I have to defend her. And- <laughs> Because, as you know, I'm in a long-term relationship. If she was actually your mother-in-law, you, you would fucking hate her. Like, I think that she would be a, oh, my God, she'd be such a pain-in-the-ass mother-in-law. Love me. Oh, my God, no. They never, Italian families make it so hard. I'm half Italian. No, the Jewish side of my family would have made it so much harder than the Italian side. The Italian side would have been a walk in the park, genuinely. She would have been like Teresa... She would have been like Teresa to Melissa to you. No, that's not that's my that's not my would have called you a stripper. Nope, 100 <laughs> percent not. And I would have made her a poll if that would have helped me. I would have been like, look, I'm helping your son with the car wash dream. Look at me dance like it. No, uh, uh, absolutely not. Listen, we could have a continued. Hunt. Oh, but so Portia coming back. I, yep. I guess I'm excited about it. <laughs> I don't. So Phaedra, maybe Nini. Definitely. I'd be more excited for Phaedra. Portia, like, uh, um, you know, I was really loving Portia for a while. And then I don't know. It just got really boring. You know what it is, is that post COVID, I feel like Atlanta hasn't been able to gain its footing since COVID. Like that those two post COVID seasons were shitty. Like they were just like bummers because um, they were the first ones, I think, to pick up cameras after like during the pandemic. So things weren't really like worked out yet. You know what I mean? Um, but like I'm hoping that I'm hoping that she can bring new life into it. Like I'm hoping that things can like come back. I mean, I had I did not have good like I did not have high hopes for Orange County and now Orange County is back for me. You know what I mean? So I feel like it could happen with Atlanta. One hundred percent. Um 
Absolutely, it could. And uh, and it sounds like the reboot is being, uh, per our friend of the pod, Kate Arthur, sounds like the reboot is really being constructed sort of around Portia and there oh. will be new housewives. The thing that makes me sad is that like filming isn't um, reported to start until later on this year, like not oh. until later this year. They're probably still casting. A hundred percent, but also like we're gonna see this in twenty eighty four. Why hasn't New York? Why isn't New York filmed again? I don't know why they haven't started. Also, like, do we know what's happening with Jenna? Do we even care? Like, it's I don't really care. I mean, you know what's interesting is that she's engaged to this um, photographer that I used to work with a lot when I worked at Bust Magazine, um, Casper. She um, is a uh, she's a cool photographer. They're together. Um, formally engaged? I thought she was like LOL about that. I thought that they formally got engaged. Pa- oh, maybe I'm wrong. Tell, no, because everyone was mazel toving her. And then she was, I think, I don't know that they're engaged. But they're they're in a committed, seemingly committed long-term relationship. Yeah. Somebody's, people are wearing diamonds. Things are happening. You're right. Um, it's serious. Yeah, definitely. But I... Uh, I I don't know. Like, it's just interesting that they're not filming. It's been so long since they even filmed ever. Usually they pick up cameras within a month after the reunion airs. And that hasn't happened. I don't understand why it hasn't. I really don't. I'm wondering if they want to retool it more. Um, The idea of like, since Jessel's friends with Sonia, I like the idea of Sonia and Luann coming back. Even if it's just in a friend of capacity, I think bring them back. I love... I love them together and I love Dorinda. I just think it was I think that if they're mixed with Jessel and maybe some other different women, it could be good. These other women like having an influencer on the issue with that is that she's so aware of her image. I forget what the influencer girl's name is from Brooklyn. She's so aware of Sai. Sai. She's so aware of her image that uh, I need these women to be n- not self-aware. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's the mad that's the magic of housewives is they can't be self-aware. But the difficulty too is when you have fans who become housewives, it's like the Heather Gay of it all. It's like you might not understand how this works until you're in it or how your behavior is going to be reflected and viewed, but like you understand the universe better than the original cast did. Yeah. Also, I think Aaron said that there's no truth. That's another kind of like Was anyone is anyone situation of missing. Is anyone really Talking to Aaron about it, though, maybe Aaron's not coming back. And that's why she doesn't. I mean, none of these women have gotten a contract. I think everybody's coming back with the question mark being Jenna and they're adding someone. I don't think that they're going to do a call because I just think it's too small a cast and they're too early to. There's not like a driving force of someone who is so terrible, such a flop. I think maybe people thought maybe that would be Cy. But I think I think everyone will come back and they'll just add to it because it's too small a cast. We need more people. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I watched the first two episodes and then I was like, eh. and then I watched the reunion and I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't waste my time with this. Edibles together at the premiere, Tracy. What I know. Mean? And it just didn't it just didn't pop off for me. Well, speaking of popping off, what an episode this was. I love that like you come on. We have different takes. We talk it out, sometimes sass it out. And that's how conversations should, to me, exist. Like people discourse. with different opinions. It's literally having passionate combo. I love that these shows spark discourse. 
Yes, I think there's something incredible in that. And like having real conversations and people really disagreeing and able to do that and then, you know, continue on. I think that is uh, a muscle that atrophies um, (sighs) for many communities, including Bravo, including at some points on Andy's Girls. And it's okay to to have a, a strong, potentially even strident view at points and and talk about it. At the end of the day, that's that's what we're here to do is talk and, and sometimes listen. <laughs> so on that note, Tracy Morrissey, tell the EGs where they can listen to your podcast, buy some incredible merch, follow you on social, mention it all. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, Pot Psychology, it's available wherever you get podcasts. If you go to patreon.com slash pot psychology, we have video episodes there. Um, just started doing video. <gasps> That's exciting. It's more work, but I actually really like it because it's different. Like the the video episodes and the audio episodes are slightly different from each other because some things work in video and some things work in audio and it, they're not always the same. But um, yeah, that there's that. There's um uh pipe dreams up fun. I'm selling baby gorgeous. Uh, shirts and sweatshirts um there's a vicky gumbelson like og uh like bootleg shirt there's um what else i have a lot of scandal merch (laughs) uh tote bags and stuff like that um so yeah go check it out that's incredible um Speaking of all things incredible, have you joined the Annie Schools Patreon? I'm going on a little bit of a trip this week, so I would love your support because I will be bringing my recording equipment to Paris and possibly also. Are you going to Paris? I'm going to Paris on Thursday. I'm going to Paris. Ooh, la la. Then I know. Uh, c'est bon, c'est bon. Then Rome for a couple <laughs> days, then back to Paris for a couple days. Oh, nice. I know, right? So join the Andy's Rolls Patreon, number one way to support the pod and um, <laughs> some of just my continuing lifestyle choices at patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. I do also, because we uh, began the pod with theater, and so we'll end it with that. Two recommendations of two shows that I saw off-Broadway this week, The White Chip, um, which is fantastic. Both are in limited runs, by the way, so you're going to want to get your tickets immediately. Uh, The White Chip um, about uh, a person's um, experience navigating uh, alcohol addiction. And um, the other play is Jonah. Would highly recommend reading the uh, content advisory on the website uh, before going. uh, And just if you find certain things triggering not to spoil but just to say it is a very 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 difficult uh show it's a very difficult play it is really really well done so couldn't more highly recommend both of them the white chip and jonah um and support new york theater because it's important and if we find value on housewives just wait until you go to a show on that note tracy morrissey died for you thanks so much for coming on thank you for having me All right, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.